Holy Hour of Power, the Terry and Jesse Show. Two Catholics with a PhD in common sense. I am the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Latin lover of Our Lady, and my partner. Harry Barber, the Lebanese lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the Lebanese lover of Our Lady. Jesse, we got another great show here. What is our purpose is to help you fall deep in love with Jesus Christ through Mary and through his church. And how do we do that? By giving you the faith and not compromised, but the faith that has been given to us from the centuries. Jesse, today's show, uh, you got a, a topic, Stop Farming Out Your Health. This was from our friends at Crisis Magazine. I would subscribe to, uh, to Crisis Magazine. They always have great articles. Also, we're going to talk about the price of humanity. This is an article from Church Militant. Excellent article on that topic. Also, we're going to talk about, are you ready, folks? A mayor <laughs> back in Mississippi, and you're going to love what he did to the LGBT books for children in a uh, library. You're going to say, we need more guys like him. And we've got something from Fulton Sheen. He's got a special writer uh, who's a saint on board with him. And I'll tell you, this is a powerful statement coming and much, much more. But more importantly, I always say those are good topics. The best topic, though, is what we call the soul food, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why each day, if you're brand new, because I'm getting more new people coming from the conference and from other places, texting me, enjoying our shows, what our format is every day, get the gospel of the daily mass or the reading for the first reading, whatever is most appropriate for our show, and have Jesse give just a, you know, a basic, you know, Joe Sixpack approach to how is this applying to our lives then we bring Fulton Sheen in, and then we get into the topics of the day. So, Jess, let's get some soul food in us, brother. Absolutely. Let me start off with the soul food by saying that the month of February. That's right, we're in it. Yeah, we're not in January. No. no. We're no th the month of February is the month of the Holy Family. Awesome. Let's remember that in January, the Catholic Church celebrated the month of the Holy Name of Jesus. But now in February... Our devotion for this month is to turn to the entire Holy Family, <coughs> Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Yep. Uh, so that special devotion, which proposes the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph as a model of virtue for all Christian households, that began back in the 17th century. So just remember, throughout this month, uh, just say this little prayer, uh, attach it to your prayer, say, uh, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Save souls. Amen. Say that a couple of times a day throughout the month. Okay, here we go. Soul food. Mark chapter 5, verses 21 and following. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd around him, uh, uh, yeah, a large crowd gathered around him, and he stayed close to the sea. One of the synagogue officials named Jairus, came forward. So we're going to see in today's gospel two powerful miracles. Two powerful miracles would show you something. The uniqueness of Christ. Mm. Yep. There is nobody like No other name. It's, so it says, so Jairus came forward, seeing him, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, saying, my daughter is at the point of death. Please come lay your hands on her that she may get well and live. He went off with him, and a large crowd followed him. There was a woman afflicted with hemorrhages 
for 12 years. So here's a second miracle that we're going to be described. She had suffered greatly at the hands of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet she was not helped, but only grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. She said, if, what type of faith? Look at this type of faith this woman. If I but touch his clothes, I shall be cured. Immediately her flow of blood dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Jesus aware at once that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and asked, Who has touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see how the crowd is pressing upon you, and yet you ask who touched me. And he looked around to see who had done it. The woman, realizing what had happened, were approached him in fear and trembling. She fell down before Jesus and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be cured of your affliction. Notice something here. He didn't say your faith alone has saved you. Like Luther understood in Calvin, this juridical legal transfer. No. What type of faith that she had? She had what, what St. Paul calls faith working through charity. Then it says, while he was still speaking, the people from the synagogue for the synagogue officials house arrived and said, your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher any longer? Disregarding the message that was reported, Jesus said to the synagogue official, do not be afraid. Notice that constant word in the, in, in the Bible. Do not be afraid, but have faith. He did not allow anyone to accompany him inside except Peter, James, and John. Those are the three inner circle, Peter, James, and Don, John. The brother of James, when they arrived at the house of the synagogue official, he caught sight of a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. So he went in and said to them, Why this commotion and weeping? The child is not dead but asleep. And they ridiculed him. Then he put them all out. He took, he took along the child's father and mother and those who were with him and entered the room where the child was. He took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. The girl, a child of 12, arose immediately and walked around. At that, they were utterly astounded. He gave strict orders that no one should know this and said that, that she should be given something to eat. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Another miracle. Two things that jump out. Two miracles happen yep. here. Jesus cures uh, Jairus's slave, yep. uh, who was at the point of death, or Jairus's daughter, who was at the point of death, and then he, he uh, no, no, it, he did cure Jairus's daughter, who, uh, and he raised her from the dead, and he also cured a woman afflicted with hemorrhages for twelve years. This is why one of Jesus's titles is the Healer, Jesus the Healer in the New Testament. That's one of his many titles. Why? Guess why? Because Jesus is giving us a dress rehearsal of though we were all going to live in heaven. In heaven, the glorified body is going to possess what's called the gift of impassibility, which means the body can never die again, and the body is not subject to suffering any longer. There's no suffering or death or, or the processes of decomposition ever again. Jesus Christ performed two miracles as a dress rehearsal to let us know, guess what? 
This is what's going to happen to you. Not only am I going to raise your bodies from the dead one day, but I'm going to heal you completely. And guess what, Terry? We're not going to deal with medical dictators in heaven any longer. Amen, brother. Hey, and I just want to remind everybody our practice each week. Every day of the week is dedicated to some aspect of our faith. Remember, Sunday is the Blessed Trinity. Monday, the souls in purgatory. Today is Tuesday, guardian angel. Wednesday, St. Joseph. Thursday, the Holy Eucharist. Friday, the passion death of our Lord. Saturday, the Blessed Virgin Mary. So what I want to ask you to do today is put your guardian angel specifically to work in helping bringing back a soul to the faith. All right, let's bring in Fulton Sheen. Full Sheen ahead. And Jess... He's got a special guest with him. He's been having a lot of guests lately. Mm-hmm. This is Don Bosco, man. I mean, this guy's on fire for the faith. They're sitting on the pl- on the train, and uh, here's the statement that Don Bosco said that Bishop Sheen would like us to hear. He said, the power of evil men lives on what? He says, the cowardice of the good. I'll repeat it. Wow. The power of evil men lives on the cowardice of good so of the good. Here's the point, Jess. This was written in 1870, okay? And he had Freemasonry attacking him. Do you remember his big dog that protected him? Supposedly, oh, yeah. the dog was over the, was protecting him for over 25 years. Hey, Jess. From the Masons. Yeah, the dogs don't <laughs> live 25 years, bro. That uh, dog was an angel. That's what the spiritual writers say. That's For, right. Yeah. 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 In the four, and he protected him from all the people who wanted to kill him. Why did people want to kill Don Bosco? It's because he was bringing so many souls to the faith. These young kids were falling in deep in love with Jesus Christ, and they weren't wanting to be a Mason or any other immoral lifestyle. And Jesse, you know that you're doing something right in the church today when the world, the devil, and the flesh are out to get you, and the world is isn't agreeing with what you're doing, then you know you're on the right plaque. If the world agrees with what you're doing, like, hey, they agree with your, you know, having so, you know, whatever things that there are, the world is all about and you're agreeing with them, then you know you're not doing a good job for the church because we are always going to be opposite to the world, the devil, and the flesh. That's right. Another famous saying of St. John Bosco, my mom used to always quote it, yeah. is tell me who your friends are oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you who you are. Mm. And I told my mom, I said, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty wise. Yeah. I said, mom, where do you get that? She goes, oh, San Juan Bosco. <laughs> yes. And Jesse, so your mom was him, not. She gave him credit. She gave him but, credit. But Jesse, your mom and dad loved Jesus. But what degrees did mom and dad have in theology, brother? They, none, none, Terry. They were simple, they were simple <laughs> common folks, but they did, they did, they had a whole section prayer. of the, of the lives, prayer group and the lives yeah. of the saints. Awesome. And, that's all it takes, Jesse. You don't need a PhD. <laughs> To uh, love Jesus. You know what? That's right. You need a desire to give your life to him through Mary. And that's what your mom and dad did. God rest their soul. Yes, amen. Yes, when we come back, let's get into this article from Crisis Magazine called Stop Farming Out Your Health. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Terry, this is for your need-to-know file before we jump into the topic. Those are good files. 
Yeah, yeah, and be, yeah, because uh, I, I know the, the president, uh, unelected President Joe Biden, the other day said that he's uh, he's governing right now under the greatest economy that we've ever seen. <laughs> but I'm I'm looking Terry here at many articles. It says inflation surges seven percent in December, highest rate of inflation in forty years. Yeah, and economists uh, expected uh, expected inflation to rise by seven percent in December. So yeah, this is from Forbes chairman uh, Steve Forbes, uh, uh, and and from some of these stock market experts. So I don't know, I don't know what President Biden was reading or what he what's he thinking, Terry. But the experts that are tracking yeah. the economy say he's uh, he's completely off the kilter. Well, Jesse, another good to know file. I'm here in Los Angeles, and they have a lot of regulations about, especially L.A. with masks, and the governor of California and the mayor of Los Angeles was filmed over the weekend at a football game with 80,000 people and they weren't wearing their masks. So they asked him, Hey, what uh, governor Newsom, you're having telling everybody we got to wear masks, but it doesn't apply to you. And he just laughed. He said, Oh yeah, uh, uh, it's no problem. You know? So here's my point, Jesse, the president of the United States, my governor of California, the mayor of Los Angeles, they're all phonies. <laughs> yeah, because they'll ask you to do all kinds of things, but it's, it's not good for the goose. It's good for the gander. But I, I think it's um, time to just do what Don Bosco said. And uh, the power of evil men lives on the cowardness of the good. We need Amen. to stand up and say, no, I'm not going to do it. Amen, Terry. I'm with you 100%. So let's jump into this yep. good article from Crisis Magazine. Excellent. Stop. Start farming out your health. Yeah, what's that about? Well, last week, the Supreme Court of the U.S. upheld a clearly unconstitutional federal mandate that that seeds what little influence conservatives had left in the healthcare industry to the leftist totalitarians. So 95% of the the Supreme Court decision was rock solid, but 5% Mm -hmm. was horrible. And this is the 5% we're talking about. So the ruling allows the federal government to force healthcare employees to relinquish their freedoms of conscience yep. and bodily autonomy and submit to receiving the jab. That's right. Uh, so this move, while wretched, is not inconsistent with the direction of big medicine during the last 50 years and therefore should not be surprising. In some ways, the catastrophic Supreme Court decision, uh, this uh, blunder, may very well help bring into focus the urgent need to sever ourselves from the gluttonous healthcare industrial complex. Well said. <laughs> yes, you know what? He, he, they write really well. It says, in fact, without Christ at the heart of the healthcare industry, every manner of atrocity mm. is not only possible, I love it, he says, but probable. Mm. Modern medicine can, of course, be great and good when rightly ordered, but a dependency on an industry that no longer serves the Lord can only lead to diminishing health. The church is rightly lauded for her historical role as a leader in the ethical medicine and provident health care. Go ahead, Jess. However, the church has remained largely silent mm-hmm. during the last 50 years. Unfortunately. Even, even as hospitals yep. named after various saints began to oh, yeah. prescribe contraceptives mm-hmm. and abortifacients, yep. going so far as to refer for and even perform abortion. Oh, God. Furthermore, 
the bark of Peter strains credulity with recent pronouncements by the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith and dubious ponderings of the Holy Father. The faithful are exhorted to trust the very same public health authorities that champion the dissection of children for science and the sale of their body parts that profit from dangerous and experimental products. The church militant, that's us, has thereby been conditioned to accept to accept less, much less, than a life-giving vision for healing. I think what the author's trying to say is oh, that we've, we've turned our doctors instead of healers into killers, Terry. We've come a long way away from the truth. You know, the real health care crisis is not a lack of funding or access. It is an epidemic of chronic illness, okay? Uh, wherein we habitually ignore the design for our bodies and expect pharmaceuticals which are often equal parts of damaging the healing to provide the cure. The extended warranty, warning, warnings about side effects is ambiguous. Pharma, commercial, don't even enter our consciousness. It's fine. They care about us. Nobody would knowingly experiment on us for a profit. Oh, really? Jesse, I love what, this, what he just said here. During the last two years, many of us have been forced to watch our loved ones have been mistreated in the name of public health so much. The overlords appear bent on subjecting people to experimental, and I might add toxic, medicines while uh, they falsely claim to personify it. Their pandemic protocols have highlighted and accelerated the moral decline of an industry, for sure, which seems to care little whether people live or die, whether they are accorded the dignity they deserve. Without a doubt, there are good people in the system, and I thank you right now for those true heroes who win small battles for treating your patients with skill and great love. But yet the larger war is being lost on every institutional front. Sad. That's sad to say, Jess, but it is. Here, I think here's what he said in that little paragraph, is Tell that me. the doctors yeah. and scientists in the hospitals here, they are controlled, and I've, I've heard this from Catholic doctors. They, they almost say it to me in tears yeah. that they're really run, Terry. They're just puppets, and the ones that pull their strings are the pharmaceutical companies because they tell the hospital administrators, right. hey, we got a new drug. We want your guys to try it out, yeah. and we'll give you guys a An nice, uh, a huge, uh, how about, you know, a million-dollar bonus for your hospital to try this new drug. Exactly. So the hospital administrators... Who base, they're the CEOs of the hospitals, and they're not doctors generally. They're just they're you know they're yeah. e economists or business got a business degree. They're ordering these doctors. Okay, we got this new drug from the FDA. Yeah. You got to use it because there's a big old paycheck attached to it to this hospital. Yep. If we get out about you know fifty thousand of these pills in a month, Amazing. and so the doctors are forced Terry to it's it, it's it's like they're, they're forced to meet this quota. Why? I'll give you an example. Tell me. What do we know that does work? Ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. It worked for me. They're not allowed to use that. Yeah. Why? Because it does work. And it doesn't what? make any money. <laughs> so what is it that they approve that the FDA does approve for this the coronavirus infection? Remdesivir, Terry, which kills a third of the people that use it. Yep. It doesn't work. But that's what Fauci approved. This is what this article's talking about. This the, the the medical industry, Terry, 
has been taken away from healing. It's been politicized and even weaponized against its own well, people. Well, Jesse, in the article, this, real, this question said it all, brother. It said, if you, Terry Barber, Jess, whoever, they're listening, discovered that your neighbor was dissecting living babies in his basement, you would recoil in horror. And then you'd call the cops, of course. <laughs> but our big pharma neighbors have been doing just that for decades. Why? Here's a great question. Why then do we trust our bodies and our children to such enemies of God? Jesse, that's What that a said powerful statement. And, and so here you hear the word a lot, remote. Yeah, remote. remote. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. In other words, it's far away, okay? <laughs> it is remote cooperation, some insist. Yeah. Perhaps. Let's grant that we are only remotely morally culpable for the brutal death of baby Joanna, H-E-K-293, by benefiting a near eternity of 48 years later from her brutal murder and the persistent disrespect accorded to her artificially sustained remains. What then of the other hundreds of documented murders, babies aborted in the name of progress and science? And what of their unnaturally preserved bodies whose cells are cultured and reproduced in perpetuity for our convenience and the whimsies of so-called science? Jesse, is it really uh, important to live another 10 or 20 years and compromise your faith? You know what my at, answer is? At the expense of somebody who was brutally murdered? No, no, no. way. The answer is absolutely yep. no. See, yep. but, but these are people, Terry, who they're not focused on the Eucharist because it's the Eucharist that gives us the medicine of, of eternal Amen, life, brother. the medicine of earth. Their faith goes, oh, I'm going to live five more years. I'm going to live ten. You know why? Their, their faith is not in the Eucharist. If your faith is in the Eucharist, that this is Jesus who could sustain you for eternal life, you'd say, oh, I'm going to die next week. That's what the doctors say. So be it. I'm going to die in a state of grace and go home one day and be with God. I'm not going to be like, oh, no, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. You know why people are like that, that type of fear? It's when you're not rooted in Christ. That's when you have that type of diabolical fear, Terry. Jesse, you're saying exactly what Bishop Joseph Strickland said on his show here on our network. He said, I'm not willing to compromise one iota. You want to give me an extra 10 years because it's going to benefit me? No, not on the, on the death of babies. No way. I'm not going to do it. Jesse, uh, I want to also say this. In the article, it says, our obligation to oppose this abomination should spring not only from an innate desire to shun evil, which is what you were just shunning, evil, but from a deep love that bears witness to the truth down to our very selves, like you just said about the Holy Eucharist. Continue, Jess. In a 2019 letter to legislators regarding fetal cell DNA and vaccines, yeah. listen to this. Dr. Teresa Deicher... Oh, boy. Scientist and founder of Sound Choice Pharmaceutical Institute wrote the following quote Anyone who says that the fetal DNA contaminating our vaccines is harmless either does not know anything about immunity and toll like receptors or they're not telling the truth. What? Close quote. Why does she really tell us what she thinks? She's nailing it. This is a signal flare to those who insist that good health depends on the inventions of wicked men. For every story of a life saved by medical intervention, there is another of uh, there's another story of gratuitous death or disability. The ongoing science experiment on consumers using lab-developed molecules 
has reached a point of diminishing returns. We are no longer healthy communities supporting the sick. We are the chronically ill living on pharmaceuticals and addictions to get by, always reaching for the next miracle cure. We are disappointed to find that suffering and death remains inescapable. Sometimes to our chagrin, we even discover that our own bad habits and our own dodgy medical solutions are the proximate cause of that suffering. Terry, I'm going to tell you a way for people to live peaceful lives, lives of tranquility and yeah. consolation. Yeah. Embrace the truth. We're all getting older. We're all going to die. Embrace that truth and you'll have a lot of serenity of conscience and peace of soul. You got a PhD in common sense, Jesse, and common sense ain't that common. The world needs to hear that statement and we need to live it, all, every one of us. We're going to continue on this article. This is outstanding. It's really addressing the cultural evils of our day with a Catholic mindset and a very, very sound mindset. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back after a quick break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Yes, our... our Medical and scientific community has been hijacked and politicized oh, yeah. by the left. Great article by, from Crisis Magazine. The doctor writes, I recently found a yellowed 20-year-old newspaper article positing the miracle of embryonic stem cell therapy. One scientist responded to pro-life objections saying, we have a moral obligation to use this therapy. Close quote. We now know that the effort has been an utter failure. That is embryonic stem cell research. Utter failure. But Big Pharma asks neither permission nor forgiveness. How tragic that the voices of our shepherds, the bishops, now echo almost verbatim the ungodly scientists of this age. Well, they tell us that we got to get the got to get the jab because it's an act of charity. Terry? Jesse, I want to give a quote when you just said now, because back 20 years ago, I was at the family conference in Wichita, Kansas, this, when this was all going on, and the media asked me to comment about that still stem, stem cell research, and obviously I gave what the church teaches, and again, uh, I think of what St. Thomas Aquinas said, Jess, he told us back in the 13th century, hold firmly that our faith is identical with that of ancients. Deny this, and you dissolve the unity of the church. Now, Jess, I didn't say that. St. Thomas Aquinas said that, and so what's happening is the disunity of the church is being ripped apart when prelates start teaching something that's not part of the deposit of the faith. And Brett, I, do I like saying this, Jesse? No, but that's how I see it going right now, and I want to quote St. Thomas Aquinas because he said, hold firmly that our faith is identical with that of the ancients. Deny this. You dissolve the unity of the church. So let's continue on the article. That's why we have to stay focused on the perennial teachings and not stay, come up with a better idea. The greatest potential for healing occurs when we align our behaviors to God's designs. Yeah. Wow. Of wow. course. <laughs> he says it like it is. I like yeah. this. Uh, which, by the way, comes from a book called The Sunshine Principle, which is the theme of this article. Yeah. From a purely biological perspective, drugs created in a laboratory Virtually all of them, which have potential harm, should be the last resort. 
that we are rarely or never offered a non-pharmacological option by doctors is a grievous wrong, especially since the majority of chronic disease is lifestyle-related. Yeah. While listening to a podcast a couple of years ago, I heard a physician commenting on why he didn't spend time recommending lifestyle changes to more people. He observed that, quote, in most cases, it is useless. Patients come to me for a pill. Even if I guaranteed them that changing their behaviors would cure them, they would simply look for another doctor to provide a drug that will solve their problem. It's true what he's saying, yeah, Jesse. That's so true. Wow. Go ahead, Terry. Yeah, I just, I just want to say this. He's, the thing about it, well, let me just say this. This guy is speaking my language. Ideal Catholic <laughs> health care is integrated with the majority of care occurring at home mm. and with a portion of professional care that is truly indispensable, managed at the lowest practical level. This is the opposite of our current direction of travel, which reflexive, reflexes, turns to advanced medical intervention at the first sign of illness and discomfort. Separation from the pharmaceutical culture is like transforming the, what is that, Jess, the uh, Cuyahoga, that's an Indian word. I don't even know word. what that is. Cuyahoga. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. It is like transforming the Cuyahoga from a river that routinely that. caught fire <laughs> into an inviting place for kayaking and fishing. Oh, okay. Yeah. I get it. It takes, it takes real work to discipline behaviors rather than accept high levels of toxicity. <laughs> Eventually, balance can be restored so that technology can be a servant of God's design instead of the machinations of his enemies. Yeah. Emphasis should be placed once again on the principle of subsidiarity. And, and what's that? What does that mean? The lowest at level of people locally handling all the issues, not big government. Go That's ahead. what works the best. Yep. Rather than turning to the creation of some new mandatory federal program to solve local, regional, or state challenges. I like this last part. Preach it, brother. J just ask the paralytic at the pool of Beth Bethesda. <laughs> Uh, our Lord says, you do you want to be well? Yeah. The question seems simple enough, and we're inclined to believe that our own answer would be a resounding yes. However, we so often fancy the miracle without the surrender, the pill without holy obedience. We want to be well without giving up anything. We want to be strong while remaining sedentary. We want to live well while devouring toxic food, beauty, household products. We want to grow in wisdom while we allow our intellect to be turned into a cesspool by the toxic media That's it. that, that engulfs it. our every waking moment. And then when we notice the telltale signs of sickness that inevitably follow, Give me a pill. We, we look for the cure in an experimental toxic elixir exactly. con concocted by Big Pharma, the exploitive industry. Wow. Does he say it well, Jess? Yes. Yeah. Now he says, as a general rule, we can maintain good health and prevent most diseases, not through the widespread of distribution of pharmaceuticals. I love this. Uh, but by drinking pure water, develop a good uh, hygiene, improving nutrition, nutrition, maintaining clean living. Well, it's amazing what that'll do for you. Working conditions, reducing toxic exposure and getting good night's sleep. Yeah, all that. Increasing exposure to sunshine and fresh air. It is a tragedy that even amongst the first world world wealth and advancements, our baser appetites have led us to ignore the advice of the hypocr uh, hypocrites. Let food be thy medicine, or yep, and let medicine be thy food. On the other hand, 
It is also incredibly exciting that restoring to God's beauty design remains within our grasp. It, it does. You know what it is, Jesse? This is called disciplined life also. Yes. All of it comes down That's what the whole article is talking about. Yeah. You have to order your life, body, mind, and soul yep. according to natural law and the word of God. Amen. And you're going to get the most bang out of your buck from your body. Yep. If you don't submit your, your body to the natural law and to, and to God's divine law uh, with your body, mind, and soul, you're going to make a train wreck of your life. And, it's, and it usually starts with your body. Jesse, let me just give you an example. You, when you were a young man, you boxed a lot, okay? And you were a very good boxer. But Jesse, if you didn't work out and get into really good shape physically and you got into the ring, you paid a price for that. Is that a fair statement? And the price usually would Absolutely. be you got knocked out. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but... But you didn't I, do that, did you? No, I never got knocked out. I know, but my point, though, is we're getting knocked out because we're not disciplining our lives yes. to the spiritual life. And so when the world, the devil, and the flesh come in, yes. people get knocked out. What I'm using is an, a boxing analogy. Yes, yes, I got it, got it, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. The point of it is we need to have formation, we need to have discipline, and we can handle these issues. I really believe, to be honest with you, Jesse, a person who's living a, a holy life should have a, a very healthy life unless God gives them poor health. But, I mean, generally, God expects us to... We have a temple of the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to take care of our bodies. That's what God expects. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, the article says, one on the urgent question of vaccines, or yeah. more appropriately, the current gene therapy That's masquerading as yeah. the vaccine, it's important to note that they have no therapeutic value. Can you believe they, that? <laughs> they have no power to heal damaged cells. They cannot kill a pathogen. They cannot nourish the science is emerging and experimental, which are euphemisms for inconsistent, inherently risky, and undeniably capable of inducing disease and even death. Dr. Robert Malone, inventor of the mRNA vaccine technology, yep. who's been canceled by the mainstream media, oh, yeah. had this to say about his own experience with the vaccines as a scientist and recipient. He said this, quote, even the highly informed make mistakes fairly frequently. Biology is a complex, harsh, and unforgiving professor, and a wise student is always careful to recognize one's profound ignorance in confronting that underlying complexity. These facts raise many questions. Should God's design for the immune system be tampered with? No. What are the short and long-term physical and spiritual consequences of such experimentation? The recent extraordinary and controversial decision of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith to encourage an unethical vaccine for a high survival virus does not exempt Catholics from the obligation to ask these questions or to pursue alternative options Amen. from God's primary provision. Nor does the CDF statement absolve Catholics from the responsibility to truly contemplate the morality of the atrocities that are underpinning of this new science. We have made an Bless idol of medicine. That's we have right. given the care of our bodies to thieves and murderers who slaughter children for profit. We've turned our backs on God's and his design, giving ourselves and our children diseases of the body by worshiping the gods of pleasure and comfort. Repent 
Our essential Christian witness is to illuminate the goodness and hope of God's design, His provision, and His promise. Our desire for safety and good health certainly becomes an idol when we use it to permit evil or to justify the abuse of our own bodies through unexamined living. Well said. Uh, To those of you who say, I will suffer and die if I did not have my medications, I reply, you will certainly suffer and die with them as well. (laughs) I love it. I am not suggesting that you instantly abandon your medications. Rather, I'm encouraging you a more eternal perspective. We call it a supernatural perspective on living. And in doing so, reconsidering the necessity of rightful place of the pharmaceuticals in our lives. May we have the courage, remember what Don Bosco said, of the prophets who unsealed truth for the world with zeal and charity. And may our renewed health of mind and body and soul through the restoration of God's perfect design give glory to God now and forever. Jesse, this guy nailed it. I mean, that we lost the supernatural aspects. We were so worried about dying. and, And this is a virus that has such a high chance of not killing you. And we act like, this is the worst thing in the world. When what is the worst thing in the world? Sin. Please, Holy Father, please, bishops, please, our priests, please, our deacons, please, everybody in the church, let's get back to the salvation of souls. Well said, Terry. These medical and scientific propagandists are promoting lies and pure deception. Let's not forget, Satan is the father of lies, Amen. and Satan is the deceiver of the world. Next, when we come back, folks, the price of humanity. You're going to miss this. This is amazing. Harry and Jesse, we're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, we'd be billionaires. Stay with us, family. We've got one more segment, and then Bishop Strickland's up. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, Here's Terry and Jesse. We're back. Two Catholics with PhDs in common sense. And that's all you need to navigate in this sinful world. Yep. Natural law. And it it does help with a little bit of divine positive law and divine revelation. That's for sure. Yeah. So uh, the lead story from Church Militants Evening News on January 17th uh, uh, last month, about a couple of weeks ago, they described, Terry, something very painful. They did. Uh, but it but it needs to be talked about, Terry. Yeah. They described the Vatican sellout to China and Big Pharma. Yeah. Some of the headlines are this. Here's the first bullet. Pope Francis pushes the jab as part of the Great Global Reset. Second bullet. The Vatican receives this is painful. Oh, very painful. One point six billion in bribes every year from China. Yeah. Why? Why do we get? Why does the Vatican get money from communist China? Atheist Three. Mm-hmm. Third bullet. Mm-hmm. Pfizer CEO meets privately with Pope Francis twice. What? Yep. I can't even meet with Pope Francis and Terry. <laughs> why is Pfizer CEO? The Catholic Church, over its long history, has been sold out before by some of its prelates, but never on this scale, Terry. I know it's sad. Or to. Or to this depth of depravity, yep. this unfolding scandal eclipses anything 
that transpired during the time of the Borgias in the 14th century. That was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. The Borgias, to their credit, did not attempt to undermine the health of the entire world by the inoculation of every living being. The jabs, which are touted as a sure fix for COVID, are not vaccines properly understood, nor are they a COVID cure. Rather, they're akin to gene therapy, and they're now being forced on humans living all around the globe. Most people have an understanding of what a vaccine is, as typified by such vaccines as the smallpox vaccine introduced more than a century ago. Over the course of a few decades, smallpox was eradicated from the earth by people receiving just one, not four, not a booster, one smallpox inoculation. Terry, what does Dr. Daniel Blumenthal, he explained the COVID jab this way. What does he say? All right. I I just want to, before I respond to that, I want to say that after our show, Strickland talks about this very thing Mm. that's going on. And I want people to hear it. I won't give you what he said, but okay. the bottom line is it's very inspirational okay. to see well, pick, let, let me pick it up then. Let me pick Go it ahead. up here. Go ahead. COVID-19 shots are gene therapy meant to induce an antibody response that reduces symptoms. This treatment does not stop you from getting or transmitting COVID. That's a fact. As most of us under, understood the term vaccine to mean a weakened form of the illness will make you immune. The term vaccine is misleading. It should not be applied to any of the gene therapies we are getting. For what reason do Pope Francis, most cardinals, and various world leaders like phony Catholic Joe Biden continue to push the jab? Is it just to make a quick billion or so off of Big Pharma? Who really knows? Only God knows. Pope Francis, who's not a medical doctor or a scientist, has, from the introduction of these so-called COVID vaccines, unflinchingly backed the jabs. And this, from a pontiff of the Catholic Church, the same church that in the years past, not even too long ago, taught that the use of stem cell tissue from organs harvested, harvested from the bodies of aborted babies is gravely evil. No talk about that these days. Jesse, let me just jump in. I found the art, the the quote from from uh, Pope uh, from Bishop Joseph Strickland, who's going to come on after our show. He was quoting the governor Ron DeSantis, who's in Florida, and he says this quote: "No matter how we evaluate the 15 days to slow the spread, remember two years ago, everybody that was said. In hindsight, this temporary measure should have never become three jabs to keep your job." No one should lose their <laughs> livelihood because of these COVID jabs. And here's what the Bishop of Strict of Tyler, Texas said. No, Bishop's going to say something? Yeah, he said, that's the truth. Preach it. See, <laughs> this is what we need from our bishops. When a, when a politician speaks like this, it's right on his tweet, the unadulterated truth <clears throat> about this. And so, you know, this is not common that a bishop will speak like that. But when we when we're off this last segment he's going to come on and talk about these very topics but again jess romero's a layman i'm a layman and uh, we're looking for strong leadership in the church to talk like this the church militant they're all lay people you know and that's great 
but they're giving us the, this information. When are we going to have bishops like Strickland come out and say, these guys are right. Come on, guys. Let's get on board. That's the question. That's right. Let me tell you what uh, Cardinal Ratzinger said back in 2003. Yep. He's, he's now Pope Emeritus Benedict. Yep. He said, doctors and fathers of families have a duty to take recourse to alternative vaccines if they exist, putting pressure on the political authorities and health right. systems so that other vaccines without moral problems become available. Yep. They should take recourse, if, if necessary, to the use of conscientious objection with regard to the use of vaccines produced by means of cell lines of aborted human fetal origin. They should oppose by all means in writing through the various associations, mass media, etc., the vaccines which do not yet morally that, that do not yet have morally acceptable alternatives, creating pressure so that alternative vaccines are prepared which are not connected with the abortion of a human fetus and request rigorous legal control of the pharmaceutical industry producers. Boy, I miss that type of moral clarity. Oh, Jesse, this is outstanding. And this is what our church officially teaches on these issues. And even the Pope, cardinals, and bishops very rarely bring this up. I've never heard the Holy Father, with all due respect, bring this up or anybody in my own diocese other than Strickland. Sorry, I just I don't hear it too often. And others, look, you know, good bishops. Continue, Jess, at the end. Pope Francis' support for COVID vaccines comes despite the diabolical history of Big Pharma, yep. which created the jab of using fetal tissue from aborted babies for the research and developing medicines and therapies. It's seen as a crime in our world today yep. if a pharmaceutical company uses animals in research. But somehow... It's so brutal. I mean, are, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's okay to use the body parts of murdered human beings for research, but not animals. We're so messed. I'm sorry. I used the word screwed up. Yeah, we are. Now, scandalously, the Pope even seems to have no qualms about that practice. In times past, holy priests and religious were known for visiting the Holy Father and spending time with the sovereign pontiff within the walls of the Vatican. Well, these days... Uh, journalists have documented how Pfizer CEO Albert Bourla has not made one but two visits to the Vatican. And, and no surprise, Jesse, if there's some money tied into those visits. I wouldn't be surprised because they're looking for they're, the they're Holy private Seed. meetings. Yeah. They're private meetings. What do you? <laughs> I know they're private, but how about suitcases of money? He's not going there to talk about his salvation of his soul. <laughs> I'd like to be able to think that that was the case. But you know what, Jesse? He's representing his company. How do we get the Vatican on board? That's probably what was going on. Yeah, the article, I'm going to go to the end, where it says, with the jab presenting so many unknowns, it's ludicrous to think that so many of our world leaders, including the Pope, would push it. Only one explanation suffices for their ubiquitous embrace of the jab. There he said it. Money. Money. Follow the money. Billions are passed behind closed doors by big pharma and totalitarian governments for the sake of banking a billion or two for the Plutarchs currently in charge. Church militants Martina Moisky has reported that Jules Gomez, who's in, in, who, who's in Rome, he's a, a yeah, Roman he's a good investigator, man. Yeah. is investigating an international web of deceit involving communist China. Yeah. Pope Francis, Pfizer, and, Sh- and Schwab's World Economic Forum. It entails China secretly funneling to the Vatican billions of dollars in exchange for Pope Francis pushing of the jab as all part of the Great Reset. And the Plutarchs, 
behind the forced jabs are not good men. No. The globalists push to inoculate the entire earth to reveal so much. Good science has always entailed longitudinal studies, control group, groups, and animal testing. The Plutarchs behind the forced jabs are not good men, but bad ones. They jettison prudence and reason, the basis of real science for their reset of the world, a world they envisioned would be better without most people. They foolishly think that a world depleted of most of its population would be a utopia, when yep. in fact, it would be a barren wasteland. Judas betrayed the Lord for a mere 30 pieces of silver. Perhaps if he had stalled a bit, he would have gotten a cold billion or more for his treachery. Amen. Jesse, I want to give our good news story. I don't want to forget it. The Mississippi mayor, you know what he did? He told their libraries to remove the pro-LGBT books before they would receive a penny from public money. See, this is he's implementing what St. Thomas said, hold firmly to that our faith is identical with that of the ancients. Deny this and you dissolve the unity of the church. And he also quotes that Don Bosco saying, stand up to these guys. And that particular mayor is doing something that we all need to do is say, not on my watch. Jesse, uh, great, great show, great content. Bottom line, Jesse, the kingship of Christ in our lives, this is what we're wanting everyone to live because then it will flow right over into your politics. It will flow over to your family, to every aspect of your life, and you'll say, not my will, but God's will. So if I want to live to be 100, I would say, why don't you pray this prayer? God's will, whatever age I'm supposed to die at, I embrace that with full consent of my will because mm -hmm. I know that life is short and eternity is forever. Yep, I'll tell you one thing on the Terry and Jesse show on yeah. EMPR. Yeah. You're never going to hear us pushing the vax. <laughs> what we are going to push is the blood of Jesus. Amen. That's the Holy Eucharist. That's the medicine of immortality. That's what's going to give you eternal life, the Holy Eucharist. And the only virus we're going to talk about is the virus of sin in your soul. Live in a state of grace. Don't be in mortal sin. Go to confession as soon as possible. Pray your rosary every day. Read your Bible every day. No excuses. It's time to buck up. It's time to buck up. Terry. That's right, brother. You got it, Jess. And talking about bucking up, let's get to Bishop Strickland when we in this, this show. He's up next here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Also, folks, the Spiritual Warfare can Spiritual Warfare Conference is in the can. If you want to hear every word of it, go to vmpr.org. Sign up for that. You will not regret having Father Chad Ripperger talk on topics that are all about the family and spiritual warfare. So check us out by going to vmpr.org. And as I said, up next, the Bishop Strickland Hour, the most outspoken American bishop in America, is part of the virgin most powerful family and we thank God for him and how he is communicating the love of Christ and not compromising on one item of our faith so thanks again for joining us I hope this show helped you fall deep in love with Jesus and his church God bless you and thanks for supporting us in our fourth year here at virgin most powerful radio God bless you